0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host James Lampkin. My guest today is the National Amateur Boxing Champion in 2022 and also Golden Gloves Boxing Champion 2022, Mr. Nasheed Smith. Thank you for joining me. Yes, sir. How you doing? Appreciate you for having me. Hey, man, it's an honor to have you, man. First of all, before we start anything, let me say congratulations on winning um, the Golden Gloves and the National Amateur Championship. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate it. For, and so first let, let's start with that like where were they held the um the national championship
1: uh the USC uh, national championships was held it was in uh, lubbock texas yeah it was in lubbock texas was that your first time there no 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 i've been to uh to plenty of um, us championships i, I always I always been fighting in a lot of tournaments so like for most of my amateur career if not all of my amateur career I would always try, we'll go to this tournament, that tournament, things like that, especially nationals that'll get you that points. you know, when it's time to turn pro and and it'll look good on your resume.
0: Now, when you're fighting tournaments, is it multiple fights in one night?
1: No, it's not multiple fights in one night, but it is multiple fights during that one week. So say if, okay, for example, for the USA Championships, I fought three times and I fought Tuesday and Wednesday. Got the buy on Thursday, and I fought in the finals on uh on Friday, and then uh in Golden Gloves I fought four times, and if I'm not mistaken, I want to say I fought yeah I I fought Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday.
0: What's the difference between Golden Gloves and the National Amateur Championship? Man, the di- the difference the difference is well, of course
1: you got different judges, of course, but but the USAs and the Golden Gloves, the judges are looking for, for two different things. Like in the golden gloves, they trying to get you to go all out. They trying to get you to brawl <laughs> go on the inside. They trying they really try to see somebody get knocked out of the golden gloves for real. For real. <laughs> but you know, in the USAs, they they want that, they want that slick outside, international style for real, for real. So more so in the USA's, more so hit and not get hit. But in the gloves, it's like. Man, go put him out. Go knock him out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is there more prestige winning one over the other? Um,
1: To me and to what I feel like as a lot of people, because I feel like a lot more people know more about the Golden Gloves. So if you got that Golden Glove National Championship on your resume, it turns a lot of heads, you know. Uh, Golden Gloves has been... One of the most, if not the most prestigious, amateur uh, national title you could have on your resume. For I, I feel like as long as amateur boxing has been around, so uh, I, I think Golden Gloves is the
0: more prestigious one. Which one did you win first? I wanna, uh, I wanna
1: Golden Gloves first. Yeah, the Golden Gloves was I wanna say in August. Yeah, around late August, maybe early September. And yeah, I won that one. You had to go to the local the locals, the regionals, and the nationals. So I got the uh I was supposed to fight in the locals, but my opponent pulled out. I fought in the regionals, I won that, I stopped my opponent. Then I fought uh four times in the uh in the gloves and I got the national titles.
0: Where was the where was the golden gloves held at?
1: That was in uh Tulsa, Oklahoma. It wasn't nothing around it. It was... <laughs> hey, it was boring. It was boring. <laughs> but that was good. That was good for me, though, because me just... Once I was able to just get in the groove of fighting and things like that, I, all I pretty much did was just stay in my room because I had no incentive to even go out because it was so boring around here.
0: Does the site rotate or it's always in Tulsa?
1: Oh, it, uh, it varies. So, like, sometimes... Like, okay, so, like, going to glows in Tulsa, I think... This year National Golden Gloves is gonna be in uh in Philly this year. So it, it all it all changes.
0: Will you compete again in golden gloves or? Oh no, I don't
1: done no, no, amateurs. Uh <laughs> right now, you know, we talking it over with my team right now and things like that. So big all I can say for right now is big things coming soon, man. Big things coming real soon.
0: Oh, so you you said you're done with the amateurs. All I can say right now is big things coming so <laughs> yeah. wait on it. Just wait on it. <laughs> what weight do you fight at?
1: Um so in the Golden Gloves, I fought at uh at 176. That's uh that's light like heavyweight. And but in the USA National Championships, I fought at uh at 189. That's a new weight class that they uh they put in between 76 and 201.
0: Wow, so that's a lot I can, that's lot I can vary.
1: People.
0: That's a that's a lot, that's a that's pretty a substantial weight gain.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was that by choice or?
1: Um, no. So once, once they implemented the 189 weight class and me and my coaches got, got with the news, it was pretty much like I could go there if I want to, but preferably I would be at 176 because that's already more so my weight class. And for me, I'm not just the, uh, I'm not just the type of fighter that I don't have to lose no weight to, to fight. I have to I always have to lose weight. Usually like before the gloves I was walking around like 195. So I had to lose weight anyway. But um for the USA championships I was going to go at 176, but I ended up getting sick. I ended up catching the flu. I want to say like a week before a week or two before we uh, we had to leave. So It was at that point where my coaches were like, look, you can't can't lose the weight because you're so sick. And I was pretty much, I had to stay in my room. I had to quarantine like I had COVID for real. real. And I had to just stay in my room that whole week and just chill because my body wasn't letting me do anything. And also, I didn't want to, you know, get nobody else sick as well. So my coaches was just like, it's okay. Just go ahead. We just want to move you up to 189. I was like, all right, cool.
0: So you actually prefer to cut weight.
1: Yeah, I, I, prefer, I prefer to cut weight. It's, it's more so like you get an advantage because naturally I'm already bigger than a lot of these guys. So the people at 176, they might be my size, but most times they not. And at 189, they, they're bigger than me. So at 189, they probably coming down from like 210 just to get all the way down to 189. And me, I, I wasn't coming down from that far.
0: So, okay, look, you know what? I'm glad you touched on the weight cut thing. Because I mean, is it really a big advantage to cut weight?
1: It is, it is, it is a it's a very big advantage. Like, I know I won't say it'll it'll make the difference in a fight, but when it comes to getting that edge, if a person knows how to lose their weight and knows how to uh manage themselves and make sure they're not draining anything, it's a it's a good advantage. Like if you take if you take fighters like we can say, okay, look at uh Jared Hare, right? Okay. Jared Heard at 154, he was huge. He was probably, Jared Heard could afford, he probably could afford like 168 for real. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Just doing that weight cut and he knew his body, he knew how to do it, so he wasn't drained when he was in there fighting. He was straight. It was, that's, I feel like that's what gave him the edge in that Lara fight, in a lot of fights, actually.
0: So how did so when you fought when you fought at 189 clearly you were the smaller man so how did it feel to be the smaller man Um I was okay with
1: being a smaller man. I've sparred people that was heavyweights um, clearly bigger than me. I I just had to change my uh, my game plan up. You know like like I said in the golden gloves you you walk people down and I was already used to the style of Walking people down because I I honestly I like I like working on the inside I like I like the inside game it's it's, it's hella fun to me uh so when I was in them I just was like okay um the first person the first person was actually smaller than me he was shorter than me second person was around he was he was around my height he probably he probably was a little bigger than me but the last person for sure he was bigger than me for sure his. You could tell in his body he was bigger than me. He was coming down. But I just switched up the game plan. I'm I'm a versatile fighter. My coaches, Coach B, Coach Bully, Coach Jamie, Juice, all of my coaches, they made sure that I'm that I'm a versatile fighter. I could fight on the inside or I could fight on the outside. So it really didn't make no difference for me.
0: Now why do you like fighting on the inside? Fighting on the inside is just fun.
1: Like, yeah, being on the outside is cool, but it is idolized boring. It's boring, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I like I like being on the inside, being in a I like being in a pit of the fire. You know, when he coming back and I'm just catching him, I'm so close that people even think that he might even be hitting me. But I'm he missing and I'm coming back. Boom, boom, boom. I'm just I'm just doing my thing. What well,
0: how tall t- are you? Oh uh, my, I'm six two. Oh damn. Okay, so that's good height. So, yeah. it's not a height. Cuz see when you said I like fighting on the inside, in my mind I'm like, okay, well maybe he like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, so that's Oh what... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah. I I'm naturally I'm an outside fighter.
1: Um my first style of boxing that I learned was outside fighting because I I usually uh I used to didn't like to get hit. So, of course, naturally and I was already taller than everybody. Um you know, when I started to hit my growth spur and stuff like that, I was taller than everybody. So naturally, I'm an outside fighter, but my heart, my heart loves inside game.
0: You said you didn't like to get hit. Well, I'm sure nobody likes to get hit, but oh yeah. How did you How did you adjust to that? Like being able to take a punch. Um,
1: pretty much. It was just. It was just about me telling myself that this is boxing and. I don't know no boxer, not even Floyd himself, that don't get hit at least not once in the ring. So it's just me um, just preparing my mind and being prepared mentally and just letting myself know that getting hit is a part of the sport. I'm going to get hit, but I know that I'm going to hit him more times than he's going to hit me. So I just figured I was just (laughs) fine with that, and it's been working.
0: Well, on the inside, you're probably going to get hit a little bit more, right?
1: Yeah, on the, on the inside, I'm I I am gonna get hit a little bit more, but he's not gonna hit me clean though. You know, like he might, I ain't gonna lie, he might, you know, because that is boxing, but I don't believe I get hit clean that much.
0: So when you went into that fight win 189, the guy, you said he clearly he was bigger than you. So that's not something you was used to. Was, did it did it make you consider changing your strategy? He you was like, nah, I'm good with the strategy, what got me here?
1: Nah, I was I was good. The whole the whole strategy was to go out there and box. Uh it was to box all of those guys that was out there because I figured that they would that they would be even more bigger than what than what I fought But um yeah, the whole strategy was just to be on the outside and just make them come to me, make them make them do all the work. Because for a big man, I got very fast feet. Very fast reaction time, a uh, very uh, fast jab. I'm I'm very fast for a big man. So it just, it was just like just let them do all the work, just let them come to me and just get them frustrated. And once I got them frustrated, it was pretty much over with.
0: Let me let's go to the beginning. How did you get involved in boxing? How did you get your start boxing? So um, when I was younger,
1: I used to I used to watch a lot of UFC, especially like when it first came out. So, um, when I was younger, I was like, I actually want to get into, uh, UFC. I didn't know it was called uh, MMA at the time, but I wanted to get into UFC. So I was like, okay, uh, I got the, I got the feet because when I was a kid, I used to do a uh, Taekwondo. I was a two time national champion in that. Oh. And then after that, my dad, he already told me a little bit of a wrestler anyway, because he was a wrestler back in his days. And so my thing was just like, okay, I got the feet. I know how to wrestle a little bit. All I need is the hands. And so I just went into, uh, I went into boxing, pretty much trying to learn that so I can go into UFC. But once I, once I went to the Headbangers gym and I was learning boxing, I was going there every day. I just fell in love with the sport.
0: Oh, so you, so you went, so you went to Headbangers with the detention just to learn how to box to get ready for MMA.
1: No, so originally, I went to, um, you know, uh, two shot Mark Johnson. I went to oh, his yeah. dad. yeah, and he had a gym, and I went there first. But that didn't, that didn't, that didn't really last. It was probably like, I, in my head, I could be wrong, but it, in my head, it was probably about like, like a month, maybe a couple weeks. Uh, and then after that, I went to, uh, I went to Tony's gym, and then that didn't last either because they were closing down. And they were uh they were moving and it was gonna take some time. So throughout me going to both of those gyms, my dad kept hearing about the headbangers bossing gym and how they win everything, how they got uh Lamar Peterson, Anthony Peterson, this, that, and the third. So when Tony's uh, closed down, my father was like, All right, we're gonna going we gonna try to go to the headbangers. And us hearing so much about them, it was crazy because we we lived around the corner from where Headbangers uh, is training <laughs> So, I was like, okay, cool. So, when we went in there, immediately I felt I felt like it was a home. Um, you know, the other gyms, like, no disrespect to them because, like, you know what I'm saying, I still appreciate them, but they just didn't give me the feels like Headbangers did. They felt, I felt like it was love in there, you know, it was, it was family oriented. Everybody was working hard, but they would still embrace me and they would still help me and teach me how to learn and things like that. So, Headbangers, when I went in there, I just was like, yeah, I, I want to stay in."
0: Now, how long did it take for the for your desire to box a your desire to do MMA?
1: Um, it took, uh, let me think, it, it probably took like, uh, maybe like a month, some months to a year, some months to a year, some months to a year. Um, I know for sure after Man. a year, I wasn't even thinking about MMA no more. <laughs> I would not thinking about straight hands. I was, <laughs> I wouldn't even think about MMA. I don't even think, I stopped, I stopped watching it. I was watching only boxing. Wow.
0: Did you, did you, a- at any point, did you ever look, did you ever compare the salaries?
1: No, I, I never, I never compared it. I didn't, I didn't compare until like, I got older, probably when I was like 20. That's when I compared it because I really started like paying attention to the differences of the sport and how in boxing, like the hands for boxing is different than the hands for UFC because you know UFC you got so many different things you can't ma- you can't really master one you have to focus on everything but in boxing you can you only master the hands because that's all you have to worry about.
0: Did you ever even train MMA or?
1: Oh no! I never did. I never did. Once, once I started boxing, that was it for MMA. It was over. With. <laughs> yeah, it was over with it was,
0: MMA, MMA was was gone. I wow. It, so just so once you got in that gym and boxing, that was it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And then
1: when I after I had my first fight too. Oh it, yeah, it was definitely over with. It was over.
0: How long did you train before your first fight? I trained, Uh, I trained...
1: I started by like twelve. I, I felt yeah, about twelve, twelve or thirteen, one or other. I I trained about a about a year or two before my first fight. I was training for a long time.
0: Okay, so did you you went into it pretty confident?
1: Uh, yeah, I did, I did, um, I surely did. Uh, it was a show, you know. It wasn't it wasn't a tournament, so I didn't I didn't actually have to be on weight for my first fight, but I had to be around there. You know what I'm saying? So. I pretty much went in there and I just did my thing.
0: What was it like for you the first time stepping in the ring? Uh
1: the first time stepping in the ring, it was exciting. I was very nervous, but I just I just felt like I was gonna win. I just knew I was gonna win because I I just I just kept telling myself, you can't lose your first fight. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? I was like, I gotta, I gotta win my first one. So um I remember it was it was at a, it was at I wanna say like a wreck. Rat- um, we was in the gym. I've been there a couple times. I only fought there twice though, and I was fighting the dude. He was he was white. I had Coach Jamie in my corner, and I won. And they gave me like a a flaming trophy. I st- I still got the trophy if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I remember that day.
0: How would you How would you describe the culture of DC boxing? The culture of DC
1: boxing. We could be uh, so. Like so great if we all just came together because we have amazing fighters. Like just this year alone, we just we just did the uh, the DMV elite thing. We got, I wanna say over over 10 national champions just in the DMV area. Right. So I feel like, you know what I'm saying? DMV, we make a a big part of USA boxing. We have a lot of people that's ranked in USA boxing. We have a lot of national champions and we have Uh, international champions. You got uh, international champions like Quincy, who won the Pan American Games. He beat a Cuban for the gold. And we also got, of course, Jamal Harvey, who's, a, if I'm not mistaken, a multi-international champion. So we have have a lot of great fighters, but I think what holds us back is just us not working together. If we work together like how Philly do, or I want to say like Atlanta and stuff like that, we would be unstoppable. We'd be even better than what we are right now.
0: So I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know Atlanta had a boxing culture.
1: Oh yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta got a boxing culture. We got to do. We got to do from Atlanta um, right now. And he, uh, he came down to the gym. Uh, his Instagram, K Champ. He three and no oh, three knockouts. He the <laughs> hardest person I ever spotted in my life. <laughs> he hit hard.
0: How, what is his weight?
1: He fight. Uh, I want to say he fight one sixty eight. Okay. Yeah, I think he fight one sixty eight.
0: Now, how long have you been? How long have you been boxing amateur?
1: I've been boxing amateur. I'm twenty two now, so I've been boxing uh, amateur. I had my first fight when I was like, I want to say I was either thirteen or 14, one or the other. If I was thirteen, I was probably about to turn fourteen. So, for around eight or nine years.
0: When you first started, were you wearing headgear?
1: Yeah, yeah. When I when I first started, I was wearing hair gear. You still, you still have to wear hair gear. The only time the hair gear comes off is if you fight uh, international fights.
0: Oh, 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 okay, okay. So yeah, they, had your... it, they
1: had it one year where in the trials, um, you fought with no hair gear on, but I was too young at that point. So they by the time I fought in the Olympic trials, they they took that out and they put a the hair gear back in.
0: So, how do you feel about headgear?
1: I mean, the way I see it, headgears only protect you, especially with the type of headgear that they, that they make you fight in now. The sting headgear, they only protect you from cuts. I feel like the sting headgear, they pretty much really don't have a lot of protection in it. So, I mean, if you get hit, you still get hit. Like, you know, if, if a person hits you hard, a person hits you hard, egg you. Or without headgear, I feel like it's more so not the headgear. It's more so the size of the gloves is what's uh, what's saving people. Because in the amateurs, so like for me, since I fight a, a, a upper weight class, I fight in uh, I fight in um in twelve ounce gloves. But in the pros, since I since I fight an upper weight class, I'll be fighting in ten ounce gloves, and it'll be no headgear. But uh, for lower weight classes, they fight in ten ounces, and then in the pros, they fight in
0: eights. So that two ounces make a, a big difference. Oh yeah, for sure. For, wow. for sure. for sure. I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't think two ounces in gloves would make that much of a difference.
1: And I'm telling you, listen. If you ever get in there with somebody and you trying to spar, usually the sparring, um, the minimum of glove ounces you should use for sparring is 16. I use 18. But if somebody get in there with a 14 ounce, you gonna tell the difference. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Man. I want to talk about um, professional because eventually that's the goal for you to go professional. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, before that, any consideration for the Olympics? No. (laughs)
1: No. I I went to the Olympic trials in 2019 to try to make the 2020 Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, Fortunately, I lost in, I want to say, the semifinals. Uh, I felt like I won, but of course the judges didn't see my didn't see my way. So, you know, that's that's that. Uh no excuses. I should have did better. But um with the whole Olympics thing and the in the team USA thing, it just it just wasn't meant for me. Um they had it, they had it, they had it in their rules where if you place first or second in the USA, because they have the USA championships every year and it's always in December. The year that the year before this one that I won, so in 2021. I played second in the USA championship. They're supposed to take the number 1 and the number 2 person, but they never called me up. And it's a lot of stuff going on with uh, with with, USA, with Team USA and stuff like that. So, I mean, it just it just wasn't meant for me to go up there, and I'm okay with
0: that. So so really it's more like you don't want to deal with the politics of it.
1: Yeah, not really. Yeah, I, I don't really want to deal with the politics of it. I rather deal with the politics of the pros rather than uh, to make the Olympic team and stuff like that.
0: Now, who are some of the big? Um, who are some of your big influences as far as boxing?
1: Um, some of my biggest influences as far as boxing: uh franchise Cruz, design She's an undisputed champion. She pretty much took me under her wing ever since. I want to say. Like, I was always under her wing, but she really, like, cuffed me up and, like, just held me and just helped me learn how to network and just helped me learn the business side of things and everything. I want to say around, like, 2021 or 20 or 2020, one or the other, one or the other. Um, also, Isaac Dogbe, um, Sean Porter, um, Lamont Peterson, Anthony Peterson, of course, um, Patrick Harris, I talk to him every we talk every day. These are these are people, you know what I'm saying? Like that I have the most access to. Like I can call them up right now and you know, we'll chop it up and I can ask them questions and things like that. And they'll always let me know. And they keep it real with me too. It's more names, but those are just, you know, just from the top of my head.
0: So me, so me being i I'm because I'm a big boxing fan. So if I turn on your fight, who would you say your fight style will remind me of? Uh, honestly,
1: I got a little bit of everybody. It just all depends on which fight that you're watching, because um, some fights I might be on the outside, some fights I might be on the inside, some fights I might use certain tactics that Cubans might use, and some (laughs) fights I might even I might even try to break somebody down like like an Errol Spence would. So it just it really just all depends on which fight that you watch.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying because. I'm picturing that you're talking about fighting on the inside a lot. So mm-hmm. that's what you know. So when you said that because you 6'2, and I don't know if you remember him, but you made me think about um Paul Williams. You remember him? Of course. Of course. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. That's a legend. Yeah, because see he was he like he was tall. Now six two. Now he was six two for a welterweight. That's gigantic. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. For what yeah. but for a light heavyweight, which you uh that's more just like good size. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most most of my opponents will, will be be around that. Be around that. Maybe like six one, six
0: feet even. You say your next goal is to turn professional, correct? hmm What what are you looking forward to most about turning pro?
1: Um, I'm looking forward to everything. I'm looking forward to the fame, the money, the 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 hard work, the dedication, just becoming I'm looking forward to really becoming the greatest in in the sport. One of the greatest, like when you mention names, as in Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather, Nashi Smith, gotta be up there. I was, I'm looking <laughs> forward to that.
0: <laughs> Who who's your favorite fighter?
1: My favorite fighter is Muhammad Ali. You know, I got the I got the poster right there. Yeah, wow. my favorite fighter is, is Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was Muslim. I'm also Muslim. Uh, he's he was tall. He knew how to use his range he got like little subtle head movements that will just make you miss but be there just enough to make you pay as well and outside the ring he was a he was a black civil rights activist as well he 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 really did it all he did it all
0: i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned that because i actually saw that in your bio that you're a muslim and i hope a lot of people realize like how disciplined muslims are with their faith so how has that helped you in terms of boxing?
1: Um, well, I was born Muslim, and all my life I've been around Muslims. And so just, like, say during Ramadan I have to fast, things like that, that just teaches me discipline making my prayers, knowing that my prayers are at certain times, knowing that I have to be at Juma at certain times. It's it's It just really helps me just not even just in boxing, but in life. Because say, say for instance in boxing, I know I have to make a certain type of weight. I know I can't eat certain stuff. I have to cut it out. I have to be disciplined enough to understand that uh I can't I can't be regular. I have to I have to separate myself from everyone else and what they're doing. And if I want to become one of the greats, like I said I will. I have to do this. So that that pretty much Islam pretty much just helps me with the discipline and uh and that aspect of things. It also helps me with discipline in the ring because, like I said, I love inside work, but I know if my opponent can't handle my outside game, then I'll just stay on the outside and I just beat you that easy. <laughs>
0: I'm really, I'm really glad you mentioned Ramadan because that was a question that I was dying to ask you. Will you compete during Ramadan? Oh, I'll for sure
1: compete during Ramadan. Um, I train, I train every day during Ramadan regularly. Like my regular schedule is Monday through Friday in the gym. I take my break on Saturdays and I'll do like a little slight jog on Sundays just so I can get back into the, uh, the motion of things and get my, uh, my mind prepared for, for that Monday again. But during Ramadan, summer, winter, it don't, it don't matter when, when it comes, I'm still, I'm fasting and I'm still training all at the same time. Uh, it'll be, it was, it was a time where we was outside. It was, it was extra hot. Like I'm talking like it, it had to be about a hundred degrees outside. We were doing sprints and, you know, during Ramadan when you fast and you can't eat, no, you can't drink anything. So of course I always, I always eat a, a a big breakfast before the sun comes up, make my prayer and then I go back to sleep. But this particular day it was extra hot and we was doing those sprints and my coaches know I ain't never gonna quit. I'm never gonna say when I'm tired and I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, uh, I'm never gonna wanna stop. So we doing the sprints and coach B, he could see, he could see it in me that I, I was drained, you know, because uh I couldn't have no water, things like that. Even even my father, he was like, he was like, man, it's okay, just just get you some water. And I was just like, nah, I'm good. Just let me let me do my thing. And Coach B, he was like, he was like, go ahead and sit out. And I was like, nah, I was like, nah, B, you know, I, I can't, I can't do that. You know, I ain't gonna let I ain't gonna let you make me sit out. He was like, "It's okay, I understand that you're fasting, so it's alright. It ain't like you did nothing wrong." And I ain't gonna lie, I was tearing up because <laughs> <laughs> I I hate losing. That's that's my whole thing. I'm a, I'm a sore loser, and the way I look at um life and how I progress is I set goals for myself, and I set minor goals even to major goals. But if it's like it's like in a video game, if you don't if you don't achieve or or surpass this objective then you fail. So, if I don't if I didn't make it in those sprints, then I failed. So, mm-hmm. it was at that point where, you know what I'm saying, it just felt like I failed, but I also I also had to learn that it's not that we are failing, it is that we are not I want to say we are not ready to do something. So, like I wasn't that day I just wasn't I just wasn't ready to do those hard sprints in that 100 degree weather with no water. So it was just that, you know, my coach, he was just letting me know it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Just go ahead and sit out. But my coach my co all my coaches understand me, I understand them. That's what makes us a great team. Well,
0: let me let me tell you why I asked you that question. Cause um, I don't I don't know about – well I watch a lot of boxing, but um two two really popular Muslim boxers is uh, Amir Khan mm-hmm. and uh Devin Haney. Right. Now Amir Khan was undefeated at the time when I'm pretty sure he was un- yeah he was undefeated at the time. He fought a guy named Breedus Prescott during mm-hmm. Ramadan. And he got knocked out like the either I say the first round. It was either the first round or the second round. He got knocked out early. So he said he would never fight during Ramadan again. And that de- and then recently Devin Haney just came out and said he's not fighting during Ramadan. So that's why I was wondering how you felt about it. Oh, I mean, fighting I feel
1: like fighting in Ramadan is a is a major blessing. Uh being able to do what you love during a month of Ramadan is a is a blessing. Um because even okay, look at look at Jared versus uh J Rock. J Rock beat Jared Heard during the month of Ramadan and that was the first and only time he was a world champ. And that was during the month of Ramadan. So I mean, to me, I always feel at my best in the ring anyway, when Uh it's when during Ramadan. I think uh you have to you have to be smart with what you're doing and just understand your body. Their bodies may not, you know what I'm saying, be able to 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 take that. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like for me, my body is.
0: I, well, I'm gonna say this. That almost sounds more spiritual than physical. For you to say, say you to say you actually at your best during Ramadan, I would say that's more spiritual.
1: Yeah, it, it, it could it could be because it, it it clean it cleans your system out, you know, like. Um, it cleans your system out. Also, you just, you really, you're, like, highly blessed. Like, I feel like Ramadan might be the time where you're the most blessed. If you're, you know what I'm saying, if you're actually doing what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Making your prayers fast and giving your thanks. Things like that, man, ain't, 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 ain't really no better feeling.
0: Okay. Wow. Well, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that because... I don't get a chance to talk to a lot of athletes, period. But the Ramadan thing has always been fascinating to me because I've seen different results, um, different sports. Um, yeah. you, you may, you may. I don't know if you remember King Elijah one.
1: Oh, of um, course, yeah. Oh, okay. He so played, yeah,
0: he, he played basketball during Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, did during Ramadan.
1: Yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie do the same thing.
0: Yeah, and ironically, I haven't heard um, Kyrie's take on it, but um, I heard King Elijah one talk about it in the past. And he just talked about, like, how Ramadan was the best time for him to play. And that was just always a fascinating thing to me because you're fasting, you're not getting water, you're not getting food at certain times. So I just always wonder, like, how do athletes uh, push through that? So uh, it was really good to hear you talk about it firsthand. Yeah, definitely. Now let's talk about going pro. What weight would you fight at?
1: Um, Well, of course, like, my first couple fights would probably be around, like, 75-ish. Seventy three ish, round those weights, but uh, I feel like excuse me, I could make it down to uh one sixty eight for for and if I if I if my body is willing, you know, what I am saying is able to do so, I feel like I could make a campaign for a world title then. And
0: one, because I mean, look, I mean, look, look, let's just be honest. Um, one seventy five is not the most glamorous division in boxing. With yeah. you lose seven pounds, you open up a whole different window of opponents right right and 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 that that weight
1: right now especially they got a whole lot of heavy hitters only only two people in like heavyweight that I could really think of maybe even three is um you have uh Dimitri Bivol uh Artur Beterbiev and you also got I, I still like uh Gilberto Ramirez too but at 68 man you got Canelo you got uh Demetrius Andre now you got um uh, uh I think Charlo is gonna move up there too you got David Benavidez um, uh, what's his name Caleb Plan uh you got a, you got a whole bunch of fighters at one sixty eight so I feel like one sixty eight it'll it'll just be more opportunities there.
0: How long do you feel? How many fights you feel like you need before you because you have a really great amateur background so that that can help fast track you even more. But how many, realistically, how many fights you think you need before you can say, okay, I'm ready to step in there with a world champion?
1: Well, honestly, I don't really know. Um, I feel like for me, it's just more so learning how to fight like a pro and like like a complete pro anyway, because I've always had, you know what I'm saying, the the pro style, but um I am a I am still like a, a amateur boxer. So um the pros is different. Learning how to take a person out, pinpoint the shots, uh, how to catch your breath, things things like that. Because at that point, if we talking me fighting a world champion, I'm going from fighting three rounds, three minutes to twelve rounds, three minutes. So I I just have to learn how to really fight like a pro, and however long that takes, I'll be ready.
0: Have you ever been to a pro fighting person?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just I was just at the at the um, at the Jibante, uh, fight.
0: you know what that's a that's a perfect fight to be so at any point were you visualizing yourself fighting in front of your own crowd a sellout crowd world title fight was you actually putting yourself in that position
1: oh yeah definitely I've been putting myself in that position since I was about 16 I've always like visualized it I see it in my dreams things like that so I just know I just know like I'm going to be one of the best. I'm going to be one of the greatest. Like, and can't nobody tell me different.
0: Man, that's a great thing. Because I, I, I know visualization is just so important, and, and just to hear you say you can actually see yourself doing that, right? But you don't want to say when you're going to turn pro, right? You said you don't want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't have no date, nothing like that. We just, me and my team, we getting everything together right now. So, I mean, once I have everything together, of course, I make the. Uh, you know what I'm saying the statement, but right now me and my team, we just all figuring it out
0: right now. So is it safe to say you done with the amateurs? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. yeah. How would you, if you were to, if you were to describe your legacy for amateur boxing, how would you describe it? I would say for amateur boxing,
1: I give myself about a a good a, good a. yeah a am a five time national champion. I've been a top ranked amateur in the country for the last since I was 17 and I'm 22 now. So I want to say for like the last five years, I've been a top ranked I'm always ranked number two, number three. I'm ranked number one this year. Um, I fought the best. I've been in plenty of training camps. I've sparred the best. I've sparred a lot of world champions as well. So, I mean, as far as the amateurs, I give myself an A. I feel like I'm one of the top amateurs. I I am one of the top amateurs, actually.
0: I'm going to give you a chance to put on your promoter hat. Um, There's a pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. The cost of the pay-per-view is $500. You got to put together five fights. What fights are you going to put on that pay-per-view?
1: $500?
0: It's a $500 pay-per-view. And right. you can make oh, any five fights.
1: Oh, oh, say less.
0: I already know. All right. So
1: first... I need, um, I need Aero Spins versus Tanner Crawford. I need Aero Spins versus Tanner Crawford. And I need them, I need them, I need that to be main event. Uh, I also need, I need Shakur, Devin Haney. Okay. I need that co-main. Um, after that, I would need, uh, for some, for some, like, some excitement, some some knockout stuff, because Devin Haney and Shakur, they, they fight skin, can tend to be a little boring. So for some for, for for some for some excitement, like you know us as boxing fans, you know of course we want to see it, but to the casual eye, you know they probably don't really want to see it like that. Um, so for some excitement, I will have to say Tank Ryan Garcia because we know somebody getting knocked out right there. I
0: already <laughs> going to sleep.
1: Um, then um, how many is that? That's three. That's three. I also got to have because we've been just because we've been wanting for so long. And I also know somebody going to spell for this, too. I need Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. I need it. I've been wanting that since, like, 2017, ever since they both became champions. And then um, after that, uh, I need one more fight. I need one more fight. Um, let's, let's go to the girls for this one, because I know they fought before. And I know, you know what I'm saying, they cool and they friends and everything. But when they clash, it's going to be a crazy fight. I need Franch versus Clarissa Shield. That's my uh, card.
0: Okay. So now that you got your promoter hat, now I'm gonna give you a fan hat. I want you to pick the winner for the fights.
1: Pick the winner? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So for the Aerosmith versus Terrence Crawford, if you talk to me about this fight, you already know. I got Trans <laughs> Crawford, man. I got Tan <laughs> Crawford. Uh I just feel <laughs> like, I feel like he just got the the only edge that he has is the um the fact that he got that one punch power. They both versatile they both great fighters, um, but Errol Spence will break you down. Tennis Crawford will, will hit you once or twice, and, and it's over with,
0: for real, for real. So you said you like Crawford, right? Yeah, I got Crawford in that. Okay.
1: Um, Devin Haney versus Shakur, that's hard. I ain't gonna lie. That's a hard fight. That's a hard fight. Um, initial thought is Shakur, and I, I got I to go with my initial thought. Um, I just feel like Shakur, his... His his mind process is is so good that it's it's kind of hard. It's really even hard to hit him, and it'll make it be like he's there and he'll hit you. But when you swing, you are gonna miss. So I got I gotta go with Shakur. Uh, it's gonna be. I feel like it's it's tough to beat him right now. Yeah. It's tough to beat Devin Haney too, but I feel like Shakur is more proven than, uh, than Devin Haney. So I, I gotta go with uh, Shakur. After that, go with. Uh, Tank Rang Garcia. Of course I'm going tank. Uh home team, I've been in a camp with him, so I ain't gonna lie. I'm a, I'm a little biased, but it's okay. I'm going to Tank. <laughs> uh Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. I honestly think for real, for real, I, I wanna say it all depends on who lands that that first big punch. But all in all, I got Deontay Wilder. Uh Deontay Wilder. Anthony Joshua just can't get away from right hands. And that's yeah, that's all Deontay Wilder need is one right hand, and it's over with. Yeah. So I definitely gonna say uh, Deontay Wilder, and for Franchon and Clarissa, Franchon for sure. Okay, that's I'm definitely biased on that. I don't even care. <laughs> that's that's my man. You know what I'm saying? That's big sis. I'm going
0: with her. I'm gonna close out with this. Why should we as boxing fans be excited about your pro debut? Um, boxing fans should be excited about my pro debut
1: because. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fireworks. Everything that you want to see in a boxer, I'm that. Outside, inside, uh, entertaining, everything, getting you out to seat, I'm all of that. So uh, whenever that date is announced, stay tuned. Stay tuned.
0: All right. Hey, listen, man, it's been an honor and a pleasure having this conversation with you. I thank you for taking the time to do this podcast, man. I really appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you more. Thank you for having.
0: Me. Before we end, please tell the people how they can follow you. Oh, uh,
1: you can follow me on uh on Instagram and TikTok at Sugar sheet underscore S U G A R S H E E D underscore. All my announcements will be posted on my Instagram. Uh, they'll also be posted on my TikTok as well.
0: All right, man. Again, all the best. And I can say you as a boxer fan, this is my first time really getting a chance to talk to you. Um, My cousin and Boog told me about you. But um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you as a pro. I'm definitely going. Once once you announce the date, I'm going to definitely make sure I'm there because I want to see it for myself. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. My Facebook is also Conversations with Lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.